0: Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. It is great to have you as always. This episode is brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company. I know some of you are flying down to Dallas this weekend to watch the Browns play. Go pick up some new Browns gear over at Zabo. That's S-Z-A-B-O apparel.com so you can look fly down there. This episode, Raleigh and I discuss the Washington victory. We then bring on the two best Dallas Cowboy podcasters in the game, Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray. Kelsey and Megan host Girls Talking Boys podcast, a Dallas Cowboys podcast, on bloggingtheboys.com, which is SB Nation's Cowboys site. Check out their podcast, again, Girls Talking Boys, on all platforms. We break down their offseason. Dak, Zeke, our team versus their team. Let's get into it. Here we go. I still believe.
1: Victory Tuesday, two and one, baby. Winning record above 500 for the first time since 2014, which we didn't finish with a winning record, but let's fucking go, excuse my language.
0: I cannot even put into words what a Browns win, and especially being over 500 for the first time in six years, has done for my overall health the past few days. You're looking good, dude. Thank you, as are you. We'll get into the Browns in a minute. You're getting married in a few days. I remember Um, remember announcing this engagement on the podcast a year ago, and now the
1: day is almost here. I cannot wait for a quarantine engagement to be over. The COVID engagement, highly, highly, highly do not recommend. It's like, Kate, God bless her, has been putting up with more shit Is the wedding going to be canceled had only semi canceled, partially canceled, downsized. Wow. Oh, the planner canceled on us. And all of the stuff that I'm like, I, I don't have the capacity to like actually help with. I'm like, I just kinda nod and like, what can I do to make you not want to kill me and still get married to me on Saturday? And I think I'm in the clear dude. I think I'm in the clear.
0: Well early congrats to you both of course. Thank uh you. I do not Envy anyone who had a plan of wedding during this. But the Browns. There. The Browns, dude. Two and one. Two and one. It's the first time since 2014 and Brian Hoyer. Uh, you know what? I said after the game that if we play Washington 10 times, it's gonna be five and five. Like I think we're very, very evenly matched in a lot of different ways. I know a lot of people disagree with me on that one. Um, but man, we were cooking out there. Little couple little scares here and there, but we came out of the dub. And, you know, we got a big, big game coming up. Yeah, my,
1: my knuckles were white the entire time. And I was like, I always ask for it. Like, God, can we have a couple of wins that I'm just like in the driver's seat the whole time? Anxiety is at a minimum. I'm like, well, we won, what was it, 34-20? It sure as hell didn't feel like it. I mean, I guess, were we behind at any point in the fourth quarter? I was so, no, I don't know. It was like a heart attack. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that an easy victory? No, it wasn't. But that's just Cleveland, baby. The
0: third quarter sucked. Uh, we came out flat. A 10-point lead turned into a three-point lead. So let's get the bad news out of the way first, the bad stuff. I want to give a shout-out to our guy, JoJo Natson. I don't know the last time I've seen someone move as fast as he does on the football field. I mean, he sticks out like a sore thumb. He's so quick and nimble. He tore his ACL, unfortunately, out for the year, and now we're going to see what uh, People's Jones can do in his place.
1: Yeah, Carl Joseph with a big pick, and I mean and a nasty second,
0: hit, and a yeah, nasty that
1: hit. That hit that was so nasty. Hit. Miles Garrett, a casual two sacks, one of them being a strip sack where he took the ball and said, "This is mine." There was a lot of good stuff. Secondary still needs so much help. They're they're making improvements, man. I don't know what those improvements are, but I read on Twitter somewhere that they're making improvements from somebody important. I'm like, yeah, right. clearly.
0: Well, we're adding more pieces back every week to the defense, right? We had Mac. It was great to see Mac out there and Johnson back out there. It was very limited, but still. And then hopefully, you know, uh, Denzel got a little beat up, I think, but I think he's all right. And hopefully, we get yeah, he came back. back in.
1: Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully we get greedy back. back too. Oh, shout out to the unpaid intern Sebastian, who's crushing it on Twitter. He's making memes that are. Team friendly, uh, good stuff on his He's account. It. And last week we had a contest. The contest is still going on, so there's not going to be a, a a winner announced today. But we asked people to write down song lyrics and leave them as a review or a Nickelback Creed or Smash Mouth song. And we said pretty much any song lyrics uh, or any band rather, and apply them to the Cleveland Browns. And they're fantastic i don't want to give any away there can only be one winner only one person is going to get the jersey but we may make a song for all of them some of them i don't know but you guys are doing great keep them coming five-star review and if you can't write lyrics you can still leave us a five-star review and write something kick-ass about us if you like us mom
0: don't forget to leave uh, your instagram handle in there so we know where to to find our winners back to the game shout out
1: to our boy harrison
0: bryant rookie Oh, yeah.
1: First rookie touchdown, tight end. Welcome to the NFL, Mr. Bryant.
0: Uh, our backfield, absolute studs again. Chubb, what? 109 yards, two touchdowns. I Chubb, love the hunt, put,
1: hunt, Chubb of the hunt.
0: I love when we put Kareem out wide and then Chubb in the back. Like, no one knows what to do when we do
1: that. Baker, no picks, two touchdowns. He's looking good. There was a little scare when he threw that deep ball that Odell had to play uh, DB on. That was a heads-up play by Odell.
0: I mean, again, it was the same thing with Cincinnati. You know, Washington's in a rebuild mode right now, so it's not a Super Bowl for us quite yet, but I will take two and one, and I'll take a victory seven days
1: of the week and twice on Sunday. Keep growing. Keep making adjustments. Wyatt Teller. He's an animal. Wyatt Teller was picked up last year uh, from the Buffalo Bills in a trade. I think we gave up a fifth and a seventh of 2021. Peanuts. He never really panned out for the Bills. They projected, they being the, football science people they said he was going to be the weakest link on our line and he has been the highest graded guard in the nfl for like two weeks he was number one
0: number one in the whole nfl I, i didn't need him to be number one just top just serviceable and he's kicking ass like let's go we got the cowboys this coming weekend that we do kevin the cowboys are if you're living under a rock currently the number one offense in the league uh where they're weak is their secondary not unlike us But between Dak Prescott, between all the receivers, between Zeke, we have our hands full this coming Sunday, and we're going to need a big day from our defense again. To talk about the Dallas Cowboys, because Raleigh and I know nothing about them, and neither do any of you, because we don't follow them, we brought on Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray. Kelsey and Megan host the podcast Girls Talking Boys, which you can find on all streaming platforms which is a part of the Blogging the Boys network, bloggingtheboys.com. It's SB Nation's Cowboys site. Kelsey is also, uh, you can see her on Fox Sports Southwest. You can see her on the Cowboys website because she hosts a show called The Star at Night. Maybe my new favorite podcast besides ours is their podcast. That was a lot of fun to talk to these girls. We got them all. We had a great talk. Talk about their offseason and Zeke and Dak and our team and their team and a lot of other stuff as well. So let's get into it. Here we go. We now welcome on Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray. They are the hosts of the Girls Talking Boys podcast. You can find that on every streaming service. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is part of bloggingtheboys.com, which is SB Nation's Cowboys site. Kelsey also co-hosts The Star at Night with the Dallas Cowboys. You can find her on Fox Sports Southwest and the Cowboys website. Ladies, welcome to the Dogs of War podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having us.
3: I
0: I wanted to first jump in before we get going on all your uh, Cowboys and Browns and your backgrounds. A lot of people ask us, you know, or a lot of friends and family, how do you get guests on a podcast? Like, how do you know these people in different cities or for different teams? And we don't. It happens all different ways, like mutual friends or random email or whatever it is. For this particular episode with Kelsey and Megan, I slid into Kelsey's Instagram DMs, (laughs) slid into her Twitter DMs. I tweeted they are at open, fellas. I tweeted at her. Yeah, they are, yeah. And then I commented at on one of her pictures saying, "I DM'd you." So, and I, I was telling Raleigh before Kelsey responded. I said, "There's, there's two ways this can go. It's either they're either going to come on the podcast or the cops are going to be knocking at my door in about five minutes because there's no <laughs> middle ground." This was a oh. one way,
1: a one way. Uh, what do you call it? Campaign by Kevin, Kate. <laughs> I did not DM a goddamn person. I did not comment. <laughs> I'm getting married on Saturday, so.
3: He's <laughs> like, oh, just no, we're clear. <laughs>
1: like, it was Kevin. It was Kevin. It's solely Kevin. I just met these ladies.
3: Can yeah. confirm. <laughs> Can confirm, confirm Polly's future wife to be. No, it was very funny because I'm very bad at, um, well, just in general, looking at my messages. Like, there's two different types of people in this world, and this is a fact those that read their messages and those that don't. Like, I'm full on like 40,000 unread emails situation, like 200 unread text messages. Like you don't want to know the quantity of voicemails that I haven't listened to. Like it's a tragedy. So the fact that you like were messaging me across the board, I honestly didn't know. <laughs> so it was probably better that you did it that way. Persistency is key. So you would have never
0: known I've sent you a DM on every social media platform if I didn't say that just now?
3: Uh, I didn't know until you wow. like made a joke about it and then I was like, oh, he did DM me on Instagram because like I didn't see the Instagram DM at all.
0: I am with you a thousand percent on voicemails. If you call my phone and a voicemail picks or it goes to voicemail, it says it's full. I think the two rudest things you can do to a person in the world is leave them a voicemail or give them a paper receipt. That's yes. my personal mantra, my personal stance. Yes. I My parents will be like, hey, I just left you a voicemail. I tell them I'm, like, I'm not listening to it. I don't, I don't even know how to get into my voicemails. So... With you on that, one hundred percent
3: is literally a crime against humanity. They're atrocious. Like, I leave and I'm like, I. How many trees did you kill? And how much of my time did you waste? Like, well, while I waited for this to print. Like, what are we doing here?
1: We're on you the same probably moment. get COVID, dude. It's like a- probably,
3: probably.
0: So, before we jump into the upcoming game and the Cowboys, and we have a lot of questions about the Cowboys, Kelsey and Megan, tell us about how you guys got started with Girls Talking Boys and. Kelsey, along with your other show as well.
3: Yeah, so um, I actually used to work for the team, um, the team being the Cowboys. They were my first job out of college, and I ran training camp and did some event planning with them, and then I also did media. So I hosted and helped produce radio, TV shows, things of that nature. So it was kind of a thing I'd been doing for a while. And then I left and um, went full-time into the sponsorship world. And um, I missed it, though, and Meg and I became really good friends, and we realized that this is just like what we do in general. We just kind of talk shit about sports in all caps all the time, and so we figured, why don't we just do it and record it? Like, why not?
2: Yeah, I uh, don't have a, such a storied background in a, the Cowboys Nation. I am just a rabid fan, and I yell at my TV and on Twitter all the time, so, so That's what my well, Twitter account is, too.
3: Yeah. My like, Twitter that's is we, my
0: punching bag for the Cleveland Browns.
3: 100%. Like, what else do you use Twitter for? Like, if you're using Twitter for anything else, you're doing it wrong.
0: So, when did you guys start the podcast?
3: Um, we started it in April, Meg, I think. It was full blown. Yeah. Like, when quarantine was in full swing and microphones were very much like out of stock because everyone and their mother was like, well, why don't we just start a podcast? And so of course, like we followed suit and started a podcast because we're incredibly original, but I feel like we've got a good thing going and some people do listen. (laughs) So here we are.
0: I'd say you guys have a very unique thing going from the, the bit I've listened to and the different episode descriptions. What did you guys do in the, one of the last episodes? You guys were doing I didn't I didn't get to this part in there. You guys are doing the swipe right or left dating, but on Cowboys topics. Did I get that right?
3: Oh yeah, um, that was on the Star at Night. So um, and Meg and I kind of do a little bit of that too. Like, listen, at the end of the day, like our love lines, uh, our love lives rather end up becoming punchlines because that's really what they are—a joke. And um, so, yeah, we were swiping right or left on the Cowboys narratives. Like, is Dak like actually, like you know, as good as people think he is? And should Alden Smith be named the Cowboys MVP? Should we give Zeke the ball more? Uh, Tony Pollard, special teams? Like, I'm not trying to give you guys the full key to how to beat us, but those are some of the things we discussed.
0: <laughs> That's actually a great segue because I wanted to talk about the offseason season. And the the one thing that we were talking about this off mic, the one thing that the Browns and the Cowboys fan bases have in common is that we all we both convince ourselves that we're going to the Super Bowl every single year. I think it's more for for Browns fans just to keep a level of sanity. But I love what I love about Cowboys fans is until until the two teams that are in the Super Bowl are actually kicking off to start the Super Bowl, you guys are still saying we're going to the Super Bowl, and I love it so much. So I want to talk about the off season. Jason Garrett out, Mike McCarthy in. What was that reaction throughout Cowboys Nation when that happened? Uh, excitement. I mean, I, yeah. And let me actually let me pre- let me ask one more thing on that. How many years ago were you guys off the Garrett train?
2: I think honestly I think that Dak kind of breathes a little bit of life back into him because people were pretty out on him. Um up until that like magic season where I really did think we were going to the Super Bowl the entire year. Um, (laughs) as far as, uh, how we felt when he left, um, everyone likes to make fun of how much he claps. Well, I think Cowboys nation collectively was
3: clapping as he left.
1: (laughs) The irony is not lost. It's a good, it's a good take.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it was something that had been coming for a while. I feel like towards the end of the season, the t- topic of discussion always turned toward, is Jason Garrett on the hot seat? Like, How many more losses do we have to take for him to actually truly be you know, out the door? But at the end of the day, Jerry's a very, this is a family run business and they operate it that way. And so it kind of does ring true. Like once you're in, you're in and, Jason was Jerry's guy and I think they really got along well, um, business wise and how they wanted to operate. Jason let Jerry do the things that he wanted to do. And, and Jerry kind of, you know, uh, like they, they just, they had a mutually beneficial thing going. It didn't always, um, work out as we saw, but I think, you know, that's kind of what kept him in the building for as long as it did. And at the end, you know, I don't know how much you guys were privy to this, but it was really awkward. It was very much like a breakup. Um, Like, they they kind of were keeping him on the hook, like, oh, you know, we're not sure what we're going to do with him yet. And then they straight up, like, brought Mike McCarthy in, you know, under the table and, like, signed this deal. And it was like, oh, sorry, Jason. Like, you know, now we're good. Like, we moved on. Like, we basically were dating two people at the same time. And it was really awkward and uncomfortable. And obviously, he landed on his feet. I don't know how much you can say he landed on his feet, considering how the Giants are doing. But... I think it was time. It was definitely time for a change in leadership.
1: You know we've had like six head coaches in three years, right? You know what
3: though? You haven't had as many head coaches as you've had quarterbacks. Like that quarterback jersey is-
1: Yeah, we know the stats, we we know. (laughs) We've been over that shit in seasons one through my entire life. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Yes. Baker's
0: legit. Well, shout out to Tim Couch, friend of the program. Uh, Baker's the first quarterback since our first quarterback after we brought the franchise back. That started more than like a season. So, yeah,
1: I hear hey, that's good. you. You tried getting drafted by the Browns and turning around this goddamn franchise. It's not easy.
2: <laughs> Remember when Jerry wanted to draft Johnny and then you guys got him instead?
1: Yeah, yeah I know. You're welcome, I, by the way.
3: Thank you, actually.
1: I will. Jimmy Haslam bash. That's. Our owner uh-huh. and I will Jerry bash into a sense that I think he's a slightly smarter Jimmy Haslam but they're so hands-on it's like guys just hire guys that know what they're doing you focus on whatever caused you to be a billionaire and hire people that are delegate the shit you matter
2: for the folks in the back
0: <laughs> credit where due credit where due Jerry and his son have kept the Cowboys relevant for so many years and like yeah i know you guys have a one to play whatever we can get to that later you guys have a lot more success than we have of course but there's a lot of other family-run sports teams that are awful and don't ever get anywhere but i mean Jerry, especially his <laughs> son they've done a great job yeah oh,
2: they uh they see it very much as not only that but a brand too and they've done a really yeah. good job of maximizing the reach uh we will say america's team till we die so
0: yeah. Say in Cleveland too, so it's all right. We're starting that revolution. Back to <laughs> back to Mike McCarthy. So Garrett is out. Right. Does the announcement of McCarthy kind of burst your bubble of the excitement that you're going in a new direction? I, were people? What was your reaction to him? Because some people see him as a retread. Right. All these teams are hiring these young offensive minds or trying new things, and you bring him McCarthy, who some people are, you know, saying, "Well, he didn't work out at the end with Aaron. What's he going to do with Dak?" They're saying. You know, did Jerry just bring him in to be a yes man to control him like he controlled Garrett? Like, what was the reaction when McCarthy was named the coach?
3: I don't think that McCarthy is a yes man. And I think that's pretty evident in how the team is being run right now. I think at the end of the day, I don't know if you guys saw this. It was very serendipitous in my mind. There was like this sports center or some special on, some like sports special on Mike McCarthy. And he's like legit full on Tearing up in his house about how much he misses football, like going through the motions, like actually breaking down film with coaches and things like that. Like every
0: Sunday. He it was it season. Yes. every Sunday so that's I saw that.
3: And I, and then of course we hire him. I think at the end of the day, what Jerry was saying was, Hey, listen, Jason Garrett was my guy. So now if you want a football guy, I'll give you a football guy. And that's what Mike McCarthy is. And it's a lot. um, Things are more locked down now. I wouldn't say it's a lot less marketing, but that's a big part of what the Cowboys are too. Like like Meg said, they're a brand at the end of the day. So they kind of, you know, talk about what they're doing. And Jerry's pretty famous for saying, hey, listen, if you're going to talk about me, at least make sure you spell my name right. And so um, I think that you're seeing a lot less of that with Mike McCarthy. It's turned, It's gone like full NHL which you guys, you know, being in the region you are, I'm sure you're familiar with how they handle their injuries. We have no idea what's happening to our players. Like, if they're going to be coming back, when they're coming back, what they're even dealing with. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, the the, the the scrimmage, he didn't even have numbers on the jerseys. Like, we couldn't even tell who was making plays. You don't
2: know how mad the fans were about that.
3: I forgot about that. Darn
2: scrimmage. They had to televise it. And I yeah. couldn't tell like they wouldn't show any of the plays. They were just showing the uh like reporters on the sideline and everyone was like, I just wasted two hours. I was like, You stayed you stayed watching that for two hours? Like Yeah.
3: So I think at the beginning, there was definitely excitement around getting McCarthy in the building because, again, he was a football guy, and this team has been almost there, you know? And it's let's go to the guy who's he's proven success. The last game he played in AT&T Stadium was when he won a Super Bowl. So everyone loves to talk about that. I'm thinking that the luster has worn off a little bit, being as they haven't been as successful coming out of the gate as they would have hoped. Um, you know, Meg, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of where I feel like things are at right now.
2: I didn't want him, so you're being <laughs> nicer than me.
3: He's like, I wanted Lincoln Riley. <laughs> yeah,
2: were... I was all in on Lincoln Riley. I was like, he keeps so saying it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, Irvin let's... Meyer, anyone. <laughs> they call us the Dallas Sooners.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Do you guys despise Stephen A. Smith in Dallas? Yes.
3: Yeah, he's don't you know who I actually can never...
2: Skip his number yeah. one right now?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Ah yes, that was uh, one of the probably maybe the biggest foot and mouth moment I've ever seen, at least in the past. We don't forget.
3: <laughs> no, that yeah. was something I mean, else. Those national pundits, though, like here's the thing with those. As someone who's like actually been around the building, they're never there. So they don't know what the hell they're talking about half the time. And they just sit there and they think about what storylines are going to get clicks or what storylines are going to get them clips on air that's going to create traction. I'm not going to sit there and fully discredit all of them. I think Stephen A. Smith has some really good sources when it comes to the NBA. But, you know, I'll take Todd Archer or some of these guys that are actually embedded with the team as a source over them any day, any day. For those, uh,
0: listening, for those listening that don't understand why I asked that question, Stephen A. Smith has a personal, like lifelong vendetta against the Cowboys, and he yeah. talks about them every single day. That's how I know more about the Cowboys than I should because he talks about them daily and fights yeah. with everyone else daily about them and will wear the other team's jersey on Fridays. Yeah. So that's why the I asked. The dumbest
2: bit, though, is when he puts on the Cowboys hat and then he just – How do? Like,
3: how do? hate it i mean you're welcome for this content Stephen a like truly it's it's again it's the epitome of just like riding off of the coattails of the cowboys and you know becoming famous again he did some good stuff before that very obviously but it's so wildly obvious that it's a bit and um yeah yeah garbage still can get triggered though so <laughs> yeah meg gets real triggered over that too i do too who am i kidding
0: Can you both walk us through where you were and what you were doing for that final few minutes of that Atlanta game a few weeks ago? For those of you living under a rock, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I might, it's not, go look it up. But it was the most incredible comeback most people have ever seen. It was like with with a few minutes left, the percent to win Atlanta was like at 99.6% or something absurd. And then you guys came back. It was the worst onside kick, attempted recovery of all time. Now walk us through where you guys were, what you were doing.
2: I mean, I was in the, the grips of a uh, tragic hangover. um. So that was just not helping my case, like the whole up and down roller coaster of it all. The last couple seconds, though, um, I, that's like it cured my hangover. I got up and I was like running around. I was like, oh, my God, is this going to happen? Holy crap. Like
3: my the people that live below me, sorry for you. I think we were all struggling that day, if I remember correctly. So we didn't watch it together, which is very rare for us. Um and probably rightfully so because there would have been a excessive yelling and things of that nature. But what in the world did we witness? Like, how tragic! We talk about like how sad our teams are. Can we talk about being a Falcons fan right now? Like, that's depressing. That's I, I
0: absolutely- would no longer be alive, whether it was my own doing or whatever the alcohol that day. If I was not after that Super Bowl and then that, he is. They are cursed. Yes. That's coming from a Cleveland Browns fan. Do you understand how absurd it is that I'm saying that right now? Calling another yes. team first? <laughs> yes.
2: they are. Like,
3: like I, I, don't I would know. rather
2: be a Browns fan than a Falcons fan.
0: I would rather I, think too. I don't even want to go to the playoffs than get to the Super Bowl and lose like that. I didn't want to <laughs> be in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I wish that upon no one.
3: It's just you it's tragic and you almost have to try hard to lose like that. And they're Maybe setting like two them. weeks
2: in a row.
3: Dude, they did it again last week. And I'm like, you were winning in the fourth quarter. Like, what is, what are you doing? Like, How does again, Quinn still have a job? True, uh, That's the question.
0: I don't know. That's a great question. He, he so, must oh,
3: have something on, on what's his, uh, like, what's, his, what's the owner's name again? Arthur, or yeah, anyways, he must have something on the ownership. Like, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it.
1: Ladies, I thoroughly respect the, the podcast name, Girls Talking Boys. I see what you did there. Cowboys are referred to as them boys for pretty much my mom. She might not know that. But Sunday's game in Cleveland was the first time in the history of mankind in the universe that there was a female coach on both players of the team, excuse me, on both teams and a female ref. What are your thoughts as two female podcast hosts covering them boys? Was it emotional?
3: In the
2: world. Um, I – so I didn't know that prior to. I was just like like scrolling through Twitter and it popped up and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I had no idea. That was so exciting. Then I obviously did a deep dive on all three of them. That's so exciting and seeing all the girls like posting, um, like people's obviously it was their parents like posting them like dressed as referees and dressed as like coaches and stuff. It was so cute to see. Um, Representation really matters, and I I love seeing that. I got a little emotional.
0: So yeah, because I saw the ref. I believe her daughter dressed up as her mom. The the good thing about and like you just said there, uh, Megan, is representation is big. The th- these three women, at least I know specifically like with our um, with our coach or chief of staff, offensive chief of staff, all three of these women beat out a lot of men for these jobs. Like it wasn't just a handout job. Like these women, like you said, look them up, look at their backgrounds, their history they're badass like they have earned their spot in the league which is awesome and I can't wait to see yeah. what else happens after this
3: yeah I mean Sarah Thomas not only is setting records as the first female referee in the NFL she's the first female referee in college Callie Brownson who's the chief of staff for your mm-hmm. organization she also was like the first some like did like some set some record in in D1 I believe as well beforehand like These are bonafide badasses. And I think, you know, not to go like full emo on you guys, but like Meg said, like representation matters. And I think when you talk a lot as a kid, when you dream about what you want to be when you grow up, if there's not someone who looks like you or acts like you or thinks like you, who's doing what you think you want to do, it's hard to envision yourself doing that. And so now all these girls who who look like them and who want to do what they do have a role model to look up to and have something to kind of chase after that's tangible and, and it matters. And I think it's just incredibly badass and freaking keep going.
0: That's a great point. Cause I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, but for forever, you know, if a girl finds herself getting really interested in football or wants to get more involved in football, she'll think, Oh, I'm not allowed to, or I'm not supposed to be liking this. It's not, it's for boys or I, it makes me a tomboy. Now they're going to see, more women out there and they're going to say, if this is okay, this is, this is encouraged and very well respected for women to be involved here.
3: Yeah, I totally think so. I mean, I think you talk about Erin Andrews a lot in this line of work in terms of like reporting, but like, let's face it, like she was the kind of the female face for like the girls that are Megan age, who was, you know, the, one of the main people at the time, obviously there's women that came before her and there's a multitude of them. Like I could make a massive list, but I just I think it it matters. It matters. So you realize that it is attainable. It is possible, and it's something that you for sure should go after.
0: Let's just keep it a buck. The best announcer in sports is Doris Burke.
3: I was just gonna say. I was like, can we talk about Doris? Like, hello, Doris is the goat.
0: Doris is the goat. Yeah, She's she's my favorite, hands down. So back to the Cowboys. Talk to us a little bit more about your off season, new coach you know, Dak and his contract are still floating out there. Outside of Dallas, you know, for the the other teams, the only thing we ever see about the Cowboys are Dak and his contract, right? So right. what were the expectations coming into this year? And is Dak going to be the man down there for the next decade plus? It's
2: really funny because, I just to add a little tidbit in there, because like when we had Jane Slater on right after the uh, Dak no deal, uh, she was like, I'm so excited not to talk about this anymore. And I was like, Good luck with
3: that. <laughs> it's pretty much like Meg said, we talked about it all off season. It's all we talked about because there was nothing else happening. And I mean, thank God for it, I guess, because it was a, a juicy topic to like sink our teeth into. Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, you know, Todd France's agent, he just started, uh, he just, he was with CAA and now he's with Athletes First, I believe, just switched over organizations. But you know, we know he's the best in the biz at what he does, and he was not backing down from the from the money that Dak was looking for. You first heard reports like in the thirty eight forty range, and everyone started laughing and, and they scoffed at it. I don't think you have as many people scoffing now. Um, Wentz is a deal that happened before? And I kind of think that helped set the market a little bit. It was a uh, you know four years, one hundred twenty eight million, so about thirty two a year, and his agent was like, "No, nah, we're not doing that." And then you had, I think it was, was it Tannehill that got paid too? I'm uh, to see. I believe, yeah. And so I think that to them was a little insulting. Like, really, uh, you're gonna pay? Like, they're gonna go ahead and take care of his deal before ours? You heard narratives like, well, COVID is kind of getting in the way, but ultimately, what it came down to, I think, in what we were hearing from people that were closer to it, like the janes Leaders of the world, is there's a TV rights deal, and that's a massive ordeal. It's coming up and renegotiation in 2022. Yep and as we all know um the players have a portion of that percentage of the rights to the tv's tv ad revenues and so his agent wanted to make sure his contract aligned with that renegotiation so that he could indeed get more money like he was hoping for um and at the end of the day, reports were coming in, I think like 33, 35 was like the total that they kind of offered. So that ends up being like Russell Wilson money. And I think that Jared Goff was the target for guarantees and that just wasn't cutting it for them. So um, yeah, franchise tagged for another year. I don't know why the Cowboys did that because it puts them in a really weird position now that they kind of are totally incongruent and will have to ultimately pay him more I can't. I mean, the numbers are staggering when you talk about tagging him, like, two years from now. It's, like, ridiculous. All in all, I think Meg and I are pretty aligned in the fact that he will be a Cowboy. And if for any reason that he won't be, um, I mean, I hate even saying this, like, would the Saints pick him up? Like, he, he will have no problem landing somewhere else, and we will be crying so many tears. I can't even, like, put that out into the world. I can't even start to manifest that. So, yeah. Speaking of
2: weird fan bases, though, like – our fan base is so crazy about Dak. Like half the people hate him. Half the people love him. Ha- yes. Everyone's trying to give his job to Andy Dalton. Like every time he does something, no, is he no. worth this much? Is he worth that much? It's just like, Oh
4: my God.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. what I wanted to ask is yeah. did, did the last quarter did the four. I, Cause I know there's, there's like a civil war between the Cowboys fans down there. <laughs> did the fourth quarter of the Atlanta game solidify him as we need to pay this guy. Did that shut everyone
3: up? No, because then there was like he threw two interceptions. Like literally, he passed. he he in Atlanta game. He passes for 400 plus yards, three rushing touchdowns. Literally, the first NFL player to do that. Then he does two 400 plus yard back to back games. Again, the second NFL player to do that behind Jameis Winston. The first Cowboy to do it. But Meg, I open up Twitter today, and I'll be damned if there isn't still slander. So what And guess? a
0: couple and a couple DMs from me in
1: there. <laughs>
3: yes.
1: Did. He, he didn't throw a pick in Atlanta. He threw no, a he threw
3: two pick
1: in, in Seattle. Oh yeah. Sorry. That's Last one does
3: that really count though? But yeah.
0: So I know that you Cowboys fans every year like us uh, show a oh, couple. actually, our Super Bowl is the draft every year. But I know that, and then we'll say we're going sixteen. 0 Super Bowl. People will get a <laughs> tattoo. Maybe when you guys came into this season or this season with a new coach, what were you guys expecting? What were what was the bar or ceiling you guys set for this team?
2: Ooh. The Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I
0: don't know why I asked.
3: <laughs> yeah, seriously, like, is that even? A I question? say that every year. Well, I mean, when like
0: no, not, okay, okay. That's. I mean, did you guys say we're going sixteen and zero? We're going thirteen and three. Like, did you, have, did you make any kind of record prediction or no? We,
2: we did. did. We did a podcast on record prediction. I don't remember what mine was though. I think
3: it was like I think we both like I think I went nine and seven and you went ten and six something I like think that. I actually went a. a Eleven and five. I
0: would I mean, do almost 10. anything for that record for the Browns just before I die. Like one at this time. point,
3: I'll take what I can get. Same. I think that our expectations have definitely tapered. Um but granted, like you guys are a wild card for us. You have some pretty solid pieces. I hate to keep using this analogy. Whenever I analyze a game, I'm like, oh, there's some definite synergies. But we have some definite synergies. And um, I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling a lot less confident about like checking the win column when it comes to this weekend. I have to be honest with you. Yeah, we're,
1: you we're you just trying, like to, we're trying to get to the point of not being the automatic L that we've been for the past <laughs> 20 years-ish, give or take.
0: So speaking of the two teams,
1: my favorite wide receiver
0: in football outside of the ones on my team is Gallup. I love watching that dude play football. He just always ends up open somehow. He's an absolute beast. So what I wanted to ask you, because I wanted to get into some, some stuff about Zeke, too. Yep. You guys have Zeke. You paid Zeke. Yep. Zeke is we're very familiar with Zeke here on this podcast in Ohio, obviously, because he won us a national championship. You guys have Zeke, and then you guys have two number one receivers with Amari and with Gallup. Do you guys define yourself as we're a pass first, a run first? Like, what is the identity of the Cowboys? Or do you just say, we got everything?
2: They don't know the answer to that either. Um, <laughs> I think their first instinct is always to try to establish the run early. Um, that has gotten bat- batted down pretty quick the last few games. Um, and I think if you look at y'all, – y'all aren't deep into Cowboys Nation Twitter the way we are, but every, every time they run – everyone's like, why didn't they pass? And every time they pass, why didn't they run? So, um, yeah, when they figure it out, we'll let you know.
3: (laughs) I think that they're definitely a little bit more pass heavy um, for a couple of reasons. Unfortunately, um, I hate to say this, but this offensive line is not the same offensive line as years past, especially now that we have some guys that are just – really beaten up and we don't even know when they're coming back. And, and we, I mean, we're switching guys around like in-game adjustments. I have I mean, Zach Martin hasn't played tackle since he's at Notre Dame. So like, it was just a very, we're in a weird spot in that regard. So needless to say, there's a lot of uncertainties. And as we know, that's a pretty important component of the run game. Zeke's a monster. We know he is what he is and he can drag guys down the field. But despite that, you've got three guys who are, potential thousand yard receivers and the emergence of Cedric Wilson, who he was not yeah. bad last game, two touchdowns. Like I was like, if you would have told me he would have been our number one target, I would have called you crazy. yard receivers. Yeah. Like literally we have the number one offense right now, um, you know, in the league and in terms of, passing offense versus rushing offense, you know, number one in the passing game and number 11 in the rushing. So I think that speaks for itself. Obviously it's only week three going into week four, but they're also utilizing Zeke in different ways. Like it's not going to be just the same, you know, pound the rock type offense that was just our tried and true for so many years and it worked. But again, I don't think we have those same exact pieces and components. And I think the hope is that you empower Kellen Moore to be a little bit more creative.
0: I remember, now that you bring that up, I almost forgot about that offensive line. I mean, there were several years in a row there where I said many times that that offensive line is so good that Raleigh and I, one of us could play quarterback and and win games. That's how good the offensive line was.
3: I could run the ball behind that line.
0: Like, it was insane.
2: Which was a tactic used to discredit Dak a lot, by the way.
3: (laughs)
0: Pile them on. hey can you guys help me understand something this is what a lot of ohio people were asking us to ask the the cowboys experts what's up with our boy zeke and the nose piercings <laughs> what did you do to our boy <laughs> like what's going on here like did that happen when he was in where'd he go like cuba last offseason before he got the contract cabo cabo yeah
2: i, yeah, I was like happen? i don't know if anyone's going down to cuba right now but um you know he's just got empowered to be swaggy i don't i don't know what to tell you
3: Yeah. Dallas does that to you, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, you're right though, because my family is from Ohio as well. And so I was at the national championship and you know, the look has changed. Like you still had like the half shirt hero, like that was definitely a thing, but you didn't have, you know, the, the full on like feed Zeke tattoo like we've got now, like he is a brand in himself. I don't know the answer to that. Um, are you are That's you not a fan of risks?
1: What, yeah. What part of Ohio?
3: Um, my family is from Zanesville. So if you guys remember this, the uh, great animal escape of whatever year that was. Oh yeah, in seventy
1: one, two thousand and twelve. Yep. The exotic yep. animal, so, the exotic animal zoo.
3: I so this makes me so happy that I could talk to people that understand this. My dad grew up with that guy, like straight up. So it's I remember real Tiger King th- shit. Yeah, the real tiger king, okay? Yeah. So I we remember calling my grandmother cuz she lived on a farm and I was like, "Hey, um grandma, maybe you should like put the horses up and like bring the dogs inside just because there's actual lions and tigers and bears."
0: We're not kidding. Yeah, there's hyenas yeah, and on his way. in. Zane'sville, Ohio right now,
1: for real. Yes. Uh, for a flashback for those of you that don't know, there was a guy that had a bunch of tigers a bunch of lions he let them all go and then he off himself there were like monkeys and shit too
4: and yeah, then all of a sudden
1: yeah. people on 71 are like there's lions and tigers and monkeys the monkeys didn't last too long they called in the cops and the cops basically had to shoot him yeah. and they brought in jack Hanna, like the world-renowned zookeeper i like, ah, should have tranquilized and was like no, no it takes like 30 minutes to work like, yeah. we have to protect people.
3: And it was getting dark, and it's farmland out there. It's woods. Like, hello.
1: Are your parents Browns fans?
3: Um, no. Uh, we are, we're, we're not. My family's, like, more Bengals fans. Ooh. So, yeah, because we have a family in Cincy, too. I have some Browns contingencies. And, like, they're like, huh? Sintaki? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, my um, aunt was a Bengals cheerleader and everything. So, like, it's a ooh. little more Bengals-focused in nice. the house. Nice. Yeah, but we're full Cowboys now, okay? I'm sorry. I love Cowboys. <laughs> just so we're abundantly clear.
0: So let's get into Sunday. A lot of teams, because of our history the last since 1999, am not going to get into that, they automatically just circle the Browns as a W. Don't even put any thought into it. A little different now because we actually have some things, some weapons. How, where do we match up and where do we don't? What, I mean, what are some of the bigger things that you guys are,
3: are, are How's your running defense? I would say um, I'm terrified of Miles Garrett. I have to be honest with you. I just mentioned our um, issues at on, on the O-line and he's going to do nothing but exploit that. And so that's scary as hell. Um, hopefully he doesn't kill our quarterback. That'd be great. That'd be ideal if we can escape that. Um, Chubb is next level. I was actually – I actually love to hear this. I was doing a, a little analysis earlier and – if you guys had to pick like running backs against running backs, like obviously Pollard Zeke, and I'm going to go ahead and do Antoine Wood because, you know, he's been in the backfield as well. Um, he's where it's, it's an Anton Woods stand podcast. Absolutely. But would you take our backfield over your backfield? Because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt don't suck.
0: <laughs> Never. And this is no disrespect to obviously Zeke won us a title in college. I I'm a huge Zeke fan, but I would not give up Chubb and hunt for anything specifically. The reason why I love Chubb more than him scoring a bunch of touchdowns is one. He never stops running after contact. It takes like three guys to bring him down. And my favorite thing, he's just such a quiet, non-social person. He just wants to, he just wants to play football and then go home. Like he doesn't want any of the, the fame or the media or any of this nonsense, no drama. He's just a guy that just wants to play football. He's just a football player. Teams, for the first time ever don't always know what to do against the Browns offense because they can do a lot yeah. of goofy things now, which is good. So I'm definitely going to take our backfield.
3: Yeah, I, I – it was painful for me to choose them as well. I think that Zeke's a better all-around back, but combined as an entire backfield, I have to give you guys the credit in that regard. I also think I have to give the nod to you all on the O-line as well, especially considering the current state of ours. You guys weren't great last year. <laughs> I looked up. We almost, got Baker killed.
0: we almost got Baker killed.
3: Literally between your two, your tackles and your guards, your tackles uh, were setting team highs in quarterback pressures and sacks allowed, like setting records in all the wrong ways, but then you go out and solve that in the draft and in free agency. So, you know, it's amazing what a few puzzle pieces will do. I'm sure you're not fully satisfied yet, but, again, it seems like you're doing pretty all right. You're, you're – you know, like, I don't Let's
1: know. Let's knock on – with the O-line, one of the guys who we uh, picked up last year from the Bills, Wyatt Teller, um, he was uh, basically a, a guard that never really panned out for them. He was supposed to be our weakest link, and he's been graded at one point like the highest-performing guard. And we're like, holy shit, these guys yes. are blocking.
0: He's number one in the league right now somehow. And That's, Buffalo gave
3: away for free. Your your D line, um, you know, I think your D line is obviously amazing. I think your secondary has a lot to a nice. lot to
4: it's
1: Swiss do. cheese.
3: Very much. But we can, relate. Ours. we can relate. Yep. Um and obviously, I mean, we all know what OBJ's and Jarvis Landry are capable of. I think you guys have some good guys, but I would take our wide receiver core over yours. And Meg, I'll let you choose on the on the quarterbacks because I know you feel pretty strongly about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't you even ask that question like- to Cowboys fans.
2: <laughs> okay, first of all, I love Baker. I do. I love him. Big fan. Okay, Dak all day.
0: Are you a sooner?
3: No. See, I don't like Baker because when he planted the flag, and this is full blown like that was Ohio State. And
1: but
0: if we over, you get over it,
1: if we get over it, we have to get over it. I. I- <laughs> I was over that as soon as the draft. One, we did it to him. I'm a, I grew up in Columbus, like Buckeye fan. I'm like, okay, well, we did the exact same thing to him. Do you want the guy on your team that doesn't have the balls to do that or the guy that can beat you on your home field and plant that flag?
0: When I think of the Cowboys, I think of obviously like you go where we you talk about the best offense in the NFL right now. I'm horrified of your wide receivers. I'm horrified of Zeke. Uh, our defense has been very questionable this year we've had a lot of injuries like everyone got hurt in training camp we just got a few guys back last week hoping to get greedy and some guys back this week uh just to add more bodies out there but when I think of the Cowboys I think of incredible offense of course but a lack of a secondary which is where we're kind of fitting in right now as well we're kind of similar there so this could be uh I'm having a real hard time even trying to predict what my my expectations should be for Sunday.
2: You know, Um, I'm with you on that. I'm really just hoping that we don't try to line up uh, B-Car with uh, Odell Beckham
3: Jr. (laughs) I don't need a (laughs) repeat. Don't need a repeat. We don't need a repeat. That's that's the truth. I think Dak is the X factor, and I think we'll see that come Sunday.
1: With that being said, let's hear your predictions.
3: Ooh. Give me Cowboys. It's going to be in the 30s. Browns will be in the 20s. I got, And then, like, our kicker will actually do his job this week. So – and C.D. Lamb's going to score a touchdown. Let's say we – O.B.J. is going to get some action, too. He's just going to abuse our secondary. And they're going to put Trayvon Diggs on him, I bet. Um, and he'll just get beat up. But he'll be – he'll give them some competition. I, I gave Cowboys the victory. It's going to be a little scary at times, so. though.
2: I also have the Cowboys winning. I was thinking more along the lines of 28-21. 20, um, we'll see. It'll come. I think it's going to come down to late in the game, and Dak's going to uh, take that final drive, and that's going to be that.
0: I'm going to say on air, Browns 63, Cowboys 7. You predict what you normally
1: predict, and let me do that.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, then I will predict uh, Browns 10, Cowboys 3.
1: Yes, nice, Kevin. I will predict...
0: Guys, no, we do reverse psychology here, okay? Like, we we try to set the bar. Yeah, every time I'm 2-0 on
1: predicting a blowout... Our therapist told us to do this, so... Yeah, Brown's 63, Cowboys 28.
4: So,
0: before we let you guys go, tell us where we can find... Your podcast and all your content.
2: You can find our podcast on uh, the Blogging the Boys Network. So if you look up Blogging the Boys on all podcast uh, avenues, you will find us every Monday and Friday. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at Meg Murray with four R's. And then
3: Kelsey is Kelsey underscore Charles. Yes. And then if you get tired of listening to my voice, you can look at my face, but I swear I have a face for radio and I'm on the star at night TV. I'm totally kidding. I would say
0: look who you're talking to right now.
3: The self-deprecating shit. It works. Okay. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays on Dallas Cowboys channels and Fox sports Southwest on Wednesday. though. So.
0: this has been so much fun. Uh, Kelsey and Megan, thank you guys both for coming on. We uh, wish you guys the best of luck. Let's just hope there's no injuries on either side because I can't stand any more of these NFL. Both cross your fingers at the same time. I like that. But thank you guys so much again. And yeah, our listeners, you heard where to find them. Give them a follow on the Twitter machine. Listen to their podcast. It's great. And we'll talk to you next time.
1: Two and one. Let's make that shit. Three and one or a very promising looking two and two. I can live with that, but mostly three and one.
0: God, if we go up three and one, I don't want to get too far ahead here. I'm not leaning out over my skis just yet. Well that does it for this week. We'll be back next week to discuss this game. We'll have some folks on to talk about the next game. Raleigh, congratulations. Good luck this week. We'll talk about Raleigh's wedding next week, of course. Good night, Cleveland.